basically manufacture compound interest. And, and when I say manufacture compound interest is you're able to earn a profit and then you can reuse that profit to make more money. Mm -hmm. And what the, the banks are so good at is, you know, they pay us a small percentage a small amount of interest on our deposits that go in, mm -hmm. but they get to keep the profit and reuse those profits to make more money. Mm -hmm. So if we are able to create a similar system on our own scale, then the sky's the limit on what we can create. And, you know, thinking about it as far as just money, I think it's thinking kind of small-minded because money doesn't have value until you use it. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Wealth Nation, the Brits, Carmen Darius, however you know these people, they are on the Better Wealth show by popular demand. Guys, welcome to the Better Wealth podcast. Thank you for having us. We are thrilled. Thank you for having us. So I've kind of been this like stalker in two years in the making. I, I you know, started YouTube, like just doing research myself and you guys, your guys' channel was pretty small at the time you guys were making you guys were making some videos and then all of a sudden you guys come out of nowhere 50,000 plus subscribers later and all continuing to grow and I know that we share a lot of the same philosophies it's impossible to watch your video and not have a smile on your face like, I promise you. you if you if you can watch if you can watch the wealth nation without smiling you probably should just unsubscribe from this show because I don't I don't know if I want anything to do with you um, but <laughs> Overall, you guys, we've got connected through some mutual friends and I'm just, I just want to share number one gratitude for the work that you guys are doing and for just, just the, the sense of truth that you're pursuing and, and the way that you're going about it, it's super authentic. And I'm also just excited to see where our friendship and partnerships go in the future. And, and so with that, thank you for being on the show. And I'm so excited to interview you guys and get your story and then also get some like money truths that that would be beneficial for my audience. Totally. It's our, it's our pleasure. Like we said, we've been stalking on a different level as well. And mm -hmm. so when you reach out to us, we're like, oh, 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 is this Caleb? <laughs> the real Caleb? So um, yes, thank you for having us. So obviously when people watch your videos, people can make assumptions like, oh, mm -hmm. they've been doing this forever. They must like, they, they uh, started in the industry of helping people with their money. Obviously, you guys are very uh, loud about the banking concept. Some people call it infinite banking. And so that's what you, your YouTube started channel started. You guys still do a lot of that. And I've also noticed that you guys now are talking a lot about just basic money truth. Yes. And thank goodness, because there's a lot of people that just need, we need to go back to the basics. Yeah. Before we delve into all that fun and exciting thing, I want to hear your guys' story because I, I know your story is going to inspire and encourage so many people that maybe at a dead end job, maybe like it, it can inspire them and just how you went for it and then how you even started YouTube because you, the way that you guys started YouTube inspired me to go and be consistent. Oh, yay. Oh, man. Con consistency, I think, will be a theme of our story and our success. Yeah. 
So it all started <laughs> way back when uh, Darius and I were very adamant on being corporate professionals. So we went to college. Uh, Darius is an engineer by trade. Uh, I have a master's degree in communications. However, I ended up in the construction industry and project management. Loved it, had a ton of fun. And uh, however, very quickly we recognized after we got married, were you know had man managerial level jobs, uh, and at the time we were living in Houston, we were frustrated of being in traffic three hours a day, an hour and a half going and coming, uh, not being able to spend a ton of time with each other because by the time we got home, we were exhausted and probably moody and just mm -hmm. didn't just <laughs> wanted to go our separate ways and and, and uh, understand what happened for the day. And uh, Darius got laid off shortly so, uh, shortly after that. And that really kind of stopped everything in its tracks for us because it, it gave us this enlightening moment of, wow, we are dependent on yeah. uh, the source of income. Mm -hmm. yeah. And at the time that was the, his income was the majority of our income. So that really saddled us in the sense of, we got to figure something out mm -hmm. because before we weren't responsible with our money, we spent it all and wondered, you know, how we're going to yeah. make ends meet for the next two weeks before we get paid again. Yeah. And it was just that cycle. And we yeah. didn't know that that wasn't normal. We yeah. just assumed that this is what you do. And this is how you're going to live your life. It's like, yeah. well, welcome to America where we spend more than we make. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I think that's a lesson that we learned early on because, you know, prior to us getting married, we both had different experiences in our, our households around money and our parents' relationship with money. So it was our intention when we got married to make sure that we were on the same page uh, as far as our financial mindset, because that's that's key. Mm -hmm. So making sure that we recognize where there were opportunities, mm -hmm. there were opportunities for us to get better, which was our budget. That's what we focused on. Mm -hmm. And from focusing on that, our financial awareness has grown from that point. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious how you guys met. A lot of times, if we if I if I spent all day with you guys, we'd start with like, all right, how did your parents meet? Because I can get a lot of context on that. But overall, how did you guys meet? Was it in college? Was it pre-college? And then like, why did you guys decide to get married? And the reason I ask that is that is a foundational question. Mm -hmm. And we can get into all the tactics, but I, I love going deeper before we we show kind of what's on the outside. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll start. Carmen and I, we are both in a fraternity and sorority, and we actually met at a step show. Cool. With yeah. our, our perspective of sororities and fraternities. Yeah. And what I think happened is that Carmen and I were drawn to each other. And it's 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 weird to say that because there was probably a hundred people in like a small room, room, and Carmen and I, we were drawn to each other, to each other based on just the energy. Yeah. I, I think there's you know, looking back on it, there's things that happen in our life where you have different experiences. And one of the experiences that we had is basically when we met, we immediately started having a conversation about, you know, just foundational our experiences and life what we wanted family. to accomplish, just mm -hmm. life conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just easy. And so we recognized that there was a friendship there first and foremost, and we kept in contact for several years. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until probably what, five years later that we actually started dating. And we were actually long distance, our whole mm -hmm. relationship 
I was in DC, he was in Atlanta, then he was in San Antonio, I was in Houston. And so it wasn't until we actually got engaged that we lived in the same city together. Mm -hmm. So all we had was communication. And, and we feel like that's why our relationship is so strong because of the communicate the foundation of communication that we have. Yeah. So, so you guys get together, love, love the energy, the vision, you guys get together, the idea is to slay the corporate world. Yes. Darius, you have like a very humbling experience. Yeah. And then, and then you guys, what do you guys do at? Because you guys found, I believe, infinite banking kind of out, out of your research. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We actually found, I, I would say infinite banking found us because once we, once I had that experience of getting laid off, I already knew uh, because of my position as an engineer, I already knew the why and the how. I got laid off and it was my, uh, basically it, it, I was the reason why I allowed, I allowed that to happen because I was an industrial engineer and I understood how the numbers work. And I was mostly that person pointing at the spreadsheet seeing, saying where we need to cut. And the best, the way I know that I did a good job is if I'm not needed. And when that point came where I wasn't needed, I was, surprised but i've seen it and had a part in doing it so often so i just forgot yeah. yeah so with the experiences that i had in the corporate world what we started doing is getting into real estate mm -hmm. and as we tried different avenues of real estate you know when it comes to real estate there's like <laughs> so many different things you can do and did you guys have money at programs. this time or did you guys were you guys still in debt like yeah Okay, so yeah. you're, so you're still you're still struggling financially, but you're like real estate's going to be my solution. Mm -hmm. And get okay. this, Caleb. It's oh, it's funny that you asked, and I just get chills thinking about it again. So the the day after we paid off our debt using the Dave Ramsey program, right? We were doing uh, rice and beans, rice and beans, uh, oodles and noodles, because we were like, we're going to get out of this. With him being laid off, we were like, we got to get our, our money in check. So with one income, we were able to to get the the debt out of the way. We paid up all of our debt, and we went to this amazing guru experience, uh, real estate. Uh, Shore, should I say. And uh, we didn't have the cash at the time to invest in the program. And it was one of those things like, oh, don't you have credit cards? You have a credit limit. You can go ahead and, and use this credit card and get into the program. And we're like, we just paid it off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do we get in debt again? And risk or, or, you know, what is this reward? Are we investing in ourselves? You know, we, we do this whole thing. So we said, we're investing in ourselves. And that same credit card that we just paid off, we maxed it out. Wow. We were like, we're going to make all the money back because we're going to be the next HETV stars. We're going to be, you know, making it rain. We're going to be killing it. And nothing happened. And it, we got an even more we debt. Mm -hmm. We got an even more debt than what we started with. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> In, yeah. in that experience, we realized, and then we moved to another city. We moved from Texas to Arizona. So we didn't know anyone okay. to start a business. So, you know, I just got to a point where I just started going to the courthouse and finding foreclosures and knocking on people's doors. And is that what the course that, taught you to do is how to, how to like, okay. So you guys yeah. like, you guys, cause I, we have, we have, I know people that have done that. For every one success story, there's usually 10 non-success stories. But that get, that put into your mind, though, that you're going to get into real estate. Did you get into the wholesaling? Yes. Yes, that's how we started. Okay. That's how we started because we didn't have any money. We uh, 
spent all of our cash yeah. in this program. <laughs> you have a negative money. So just for yeah. my audience, wholesaling is where it, wholesaling is a great thing to start if you want to get into real estate and you don't have any money. And correct me if I'm wrong, you guys, but it's going to going and finding property and almost being the broker. It's it's yes. finding the property, finding the buyer, and then taking a percentage um, from that transaction. And that's a way to get money, but it's usually it's not very passive. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a great way to to get started. And so when you were saying you were going to the courthouse, you're probably going and finding all the foreclosures yeah. mm-hmm. and then and then got the wonderful job of calling people that can't make their mortgage and exactly. uh, seeing if you can make something happen. Yeah. Absolutely. And what you do is you create a, a, a basically a two week contract and you sell that contract to an uh, investor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, remember that as we go through our story, because contracts are super important. <laughs> As, as we all know. Now, as we went through this, we got to a point to where we realized we did not like wholesaling. We did not fix and, like fix and flips. We did not like rentals. What we enjoyed is being the middleman. Mm-hmm. But uh, really quickly, before we go into that, what I would say is that even though we got into this program and we didn't see the success that we wanted to see, we learned so much from it. So we totally, uh, right now, we can appreciate the experience. Uh, you know, before we were a little upset with ourselves, but now we're like, man, this was the best thing that we could have done because we would have we would have never learned these ex- these life experiences. Yeah. So each time we d- we did wholesaling, we made a little money, we leveled up, then we said, okay, we'll take this money and we'll we'll flip houses. Then we flipped houses, we made a little money, then we said, we'll get into rentals. And so with each transaction that we did, we recognized things that we wanted for ourselves and for our lifestyle. And we realized before Darius goes into the middleman that we really didn't want to be uh, a part of the transactions, uh, the manual labor, rolling our sleeves up and chasing contractors around. We wanted to be where the money was. And we realized we didn't need to be in real estate to do real estate. So that's when we started getting uh, personal... uh, what do you call it? Like third-party lenders. Yeah, yeah. When, when we started getting private money, private money, money. Mm-hmm. private money lenders. And one of the lenders actually lent us money from his life insurance policy. Wow. And that's when we were like, wait a minute. You're going to- Is this real? Yeah, is, is this real? Because in the contract, here's, here's what was so cold about it, Caleb. In the contract, he said, you can have $50,000 for five years, but if you pay me back early, I'm going to charge you a fee. So he already understood that yeah. uh, the velocity of money, the importance yeah. of the velocity of money and how you can take a 10% interest loan and pay it out over five years and make more money than you would in two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize that. We didn't know that at all. And, and coming from where we came from, we were how we prided ourselves because we were intelligent individuals, right? Coming from yeah. corporate America. And we knew individuals who had 401ks that wanted to do something with them. So we said, hey, you got a 401k? We'll flip it. Yeah, we'll flip the money inside, uh, you know, give you a better rate of return. And, you know, we can do this as long as you want to do. Uh, but we recognize too with these individuals is when they are not educated, about finances, when they don't have the right money uh, mindset in place, it can make the transaction a little bit difficult for all parties involved, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're thinking that we're doing something amazing, bringing them an awesome return, but then they're sweating, you know, what's going on? What's up with the house? It's taking longer than expected. And, and we, we recognized very quickly that we needed to surround ourselves with investors who understood 
what, what happens when you make investments. Yeah. So when we were introduced to this individual and he didn't even, he didn't read any of our, we had like a nice PowerPoint to show him as far as our experiences and how much we were going to bring back to him. He didn't look at any of it. He didn't, he didn't even take time to, to listen to what it was that we were trying to do with the money. He was just like, can you pay it back? Here's the check. I don't care what you use it for. Yeah. Yeah. And the conversation was completely different. And once that conversation was had, we were like, we want to have more of these conversations. That's right. So who do you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting is, so you, he, he used his life insurance and you guys, you know, learning from Dave Ramsey, you're like, wait a second, life insurance is the worst place to put your money. Wait, wait what's going on here? And so, so right. he like, he made a private contract with you guys, mm-hmm. lent you guys the money at 10% or so. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. you guys had access to capital to turn that into, you know, more money. But now he's got an asset, which is a loan, by the way, coming back, and it's brilliant. And now he's got a dollar doing more than one thing, which you probably didn't know at the time. But as you're learning, you're like, this guy's brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, that, that's the reason why we got out of real estate. And then now we're kind of getting back into it because we have the money to do it. We know what to do and we can control the funds. This yeah. is the important thing to us is how much we're able to control our funds more than we did in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after that time, how did you guys get into the infinite banking space? Because again, you're probably very, like, you probably had to get over the fact that whole life insurance Mm -hmm. is like the thing that people use at the foundation of infinite banking. How did you guys get, how did you guys get over that fact? Well, this, this individual actually is an infinite banker. And he invited us to one of basically one of his presentations. And because our mindset was so deeply rooted in what we learned with Dave Ramsey, it took us like 10 presentations to really understand it or be open to it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we were already open to the fact because when you're wheeling and dealing in real estate and you know moving money, you have you yeah. have an understanding of money and how to be creative when when you're financing terms, loans, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And so I think once we went to the each one of those presentations, we kept learning something different. We kept building on the knowledge that we had, and we're like, wait, that makes a ton of sense. Why would we save our way to a million dollars? You know, so it just made us compare and contrast the foundation that we came from and what we know money to be because we've seen it happen and seen it work. So we felt like there was this huge gap in our our knowledge base as far as money is concerned and and understanding infinite banking, understanding money and how that all works. It it helped us to really fill our cup as far as uh, closing the gap of the financial illiteracy that we had at the time. Right. If someone was to come to a wealth nation and, and, and click a video that perfectly explained infinite banking in two or three minutes, how would you guys take a stab at that? Like, what is it? And then what I'm going to ask you next is what were the things that you had to overcome and what were like some of the aha moments? I love asking people that are practitioners in this business because I, I just think it's, I think everyone has a little bit of a different aha. Totally. So I would say in a two minute clip, we would just say, let's replace your savings account. We know a place where you can get a better rate of return. You can have coverage for your family should something happen to you and you have access to this money at any time. And in addition to that is this money is going to keep up with inflation. You're not going to be subjected to taxes. And again, you can do whatever it is that you want to do with it. So without all the rigmarole and loan fees and all of that thing, for, for us, we just keep it simple as that. Like, let's just replace your savings account. Yep. Let's do something better for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I like to say like compounding is amazing. Control is even better. And if I could only choose one out of the two, it would be control. And the most mm-hmm. amazing thing about 
what I call the and asset, infinite banking, overfunding life insurance is you don't have to choose between one or the other. And majority of people are telling you, you have to choose. Yep. That's the big deal. It's like, choose between this or that. And it's like, we're, we're like the weird ones in the corner that's saying like, why do we have to make this choice anymore? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. And, uh, you know, in this amazing book, <laughs> and asset. Uh, I think you said it so beautifully, Caleb, where you were saying the financial industry is really made up where people can sell products and services and we don't educate. And we really felt like throughout our journey, you were talking about kind of to segue back to where we were talking about is when we got uh, involved in infinite banking for ourselves, we had our own policies. We were like, let's try this thing out because we don't really know how it works, but let, let's just throw 10 grand on it. Our first mm -hmm. policy was $10,000. We're like, let's see what happens. And we actually used that policy to recover all the debt that we were in from our real estate business that, that we started. And once we started paying ourselves back and seeing the money working and compounding and, you know, yeah, months after months after month, we were just recouping crazy amount of money and recognizing all the money that was leaving us. And, and now it's being redirected to back to our household. We were like, mama, daddy, friends, family, y'all got to know about this. Mm -hmm. And then they started asking more questions and then their friends started asking more questions. And then we said, wait a second, I think we, we need to do something about this. We need to serve as much as we possibly can. So we got licensed so that we could talk about it. And then who people just started calling us. Yeah. yeah. And one mistake that we made early on in our career is focusing on the product rather than the, the process. process. And once we once we started doing our doing it ourselves and uh, as we accumulated more and more uh, cash that was leaving us and seeing how much uh, opportunity cost we were uh, actually losing in the front end, we felt like what we were teaching about the product, focusing on a product was also a problem yeah. for our clients. Mm -hmm. So we realized early on that teaching about the product only is doing a, not only doing a disservice totally. to the concept, but also a disservice to our clients. Yeah. And you mentioned it too, Caleb, because you're talking about like our YouTube channel. When we first started our channel, it was just infinite banking heavy. Like that's all it was, infinite banking 101, whole life, all this and that. And as our, our client base started to grow, we recognized like we need to start back at the basics and just do financial checks. Because if, and you, you say it on, on your podcast, if you can't start with 10 grand, what are we really doing here? You, yeah. you need to be able to be paying yourself. You need to be able to have some sort of money that you can bring to the table so that it makes sense for you even to get started yeah. and once we recognized more and more people couldn't do that we said wait a second it doesn't time out it doesn't make sense for us to do this because it, it it's only hurting you because you may not even be able to keep up with this yeah. in addition to that from a financial standpoint we may have some mindset things that we need to overcome so that we can make sure that we are capitalizing off of the knowledge that we we have so that we can make as much money as we possibly can to mm -hmm. live the lifestyle that we want at the end of the day. So, so where do you want me to start here? There's like 10 questions I have for you. Um, number one, <laughs> Darius, so you're, a, you're an engineer. Yes. So how in the world, like you're, by the way, amazing personality for an engineer, by the way. <laughs> I would share that. Uh, was that, did you have a hard time with like the, like what did, did, what was like the thing that was the hardest to wrap around? Cause I always like, we always have like a running joke. And by the way, some of our best clients are engineers. I'm, I'm oh going to get God. some, I'm going to get some emails that'll be like, oh, we love you. Trust me. We love all your questions. Um, but what are like, what was the thing that you had to get over? That's, that's number one. And then I have some other thoughts and some other things that you said. You know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm very black and white. Like I'm a hundred percent like 
binary, you know? Like there's no middle ground with me. I, I literally see in black and white and the numbers really had to talk to me. And when I started doing the numbers, initially I didn't get it because math and finances are completely different. Like we can, I can understand physics, I can understand engineering math, but understanding finances was a completely different language just because there's numbers it doesn't equal the same thing mm, okay. you know in traditional math one plus one equals two but in finances one plus one can equal five yeah <laughs> so once once i was able to wrap my my mind around the, the fact that the math that i learned and the math that i need to the math that i know and the math that i need to learn are two different two different things that's when it started to make sense to me Yep. And the, the one factor that makes it different is people mm. like people, the psychology. It's like, yes, we're not, we don't always make the most efficient decision. It's um, I, I was sitting down with a coach of ours and we were just chatting about the difference between efficiency and optimization mm. efficiency. You can actually measure efficiency. Like it's not efficient to have a kids. It's not efficient to have eat out. It's not efficient to do certain things. Optimization is taking what you're currently doing, where you want to go and just making it the best. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we got to be careful. And I, I talk a lot about quote unquote efficiency, but I actually have to take a step back and say, what do people want? And then how do we make that the best way to accomplish what you want? Mm -hmm. And so the, yeah, you're totally right. Like money and math can be tough because we're dealing with a person that doesn't always make rational decisions and maybe shouldn't make the most efficient decisions. Mm. So I would say yeah. more times than not, do not make the most rational decisions. Yeah, I would say so too. <laughs> Look at where we are as a country. Like I, uh, I don't think that's a, a result of people being uh, su super savvy savers uh, and, and taking control of their money. I, th I think it's, I think it, we're, we're at some scary times and I think people are coming, coming around to this fact that like, we got to wake up. Oh man. That, that's huge. You, we do have to wake up because I, I think for the most part, a lot of people have outsourced the way they think. Yeah. And when you outsource the way you think, you have somebody else pulling the strings, but you feel like you made a decision. You know, when, when you plug in, when you come home and you turn on that TV and you start receiving that programming, you are outsourcing the way you think and the way you feel about certain things that you have going on in your life mm. and i think the, the problem that the the problem that we have as far as debt in this country is because people don't think for themselves anymore that's right Ooh. i love it man that wasn't even that wasn't even in the contract you guys like, <laughs> you know, like that's amazing um okay so let's so so carmen i'm i'm curious like so we got we got mr engineer over there and then for you, who was like the first person to be like, this is, this is like, let's go for it. And then there's a difference between being a client and actually like, Hey, we're actually going to do this full time. Yes. What was that? What was that for you? Like, who was the driving person in this, like going ahead? <laughs> I would say that was me. Uh, because uh, as Derry said, with, with the engineer background, he comes from, everything has to make perfect sets. And if it doesn't make perfect sense, he's like, nope, we can't make the risk. Uh, so it, if anything, I was like, let's just get licensed so that we can at least talk about this thing called insurance. And so uh, we we both agreed, we, we got licensed, and then uh, we got appointed. And we weren't really expecting 
much from it because we were still well into our real estate business. And so we just kind of started it to be like, all right, we can legally talk about this and maybe we can sell a policy or two to our investor friends. And uh, what happened was we, I, we just hosted a workshop you know, we, we brought all of our investor friends together and we said, hey, we don't quite understand this 100%. We're doing it for ourselves. Let's show you the numbers and maybe you guys can do this too. And so we, we had, what, probably 30 to 40 people in the room and they all got it. And that's the great thing about working with creative, uh, creative financers is they understand money. Uh, and so when we had that first workshop and we saw the eyes, uh, you know, everybody's eyes open up and made it more about the process and, let's, and not the product. And they realized how quickly they could then flip money for their businesses as well. We were like, okay, we're on to something. Yeah. And then we just started hosting more and more workshops. And then that it grew from there. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about infinite banking, whole life and all that is there's very like, there's two things going on. We talk about product and process. Another way to address this is like internal rate of return, like what's actually yes. going on. And and there's people on YouTube that are get super analytical about that stuff. Mm. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm not an engineer, but I get very analytical about numbers. But what I had to do is I had to also understand external rate of return. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, and a lot of the books that have had the most impact on my life is all up here. It's all about how we think. Totally. It's all about, you know, the stories that we're telling ourselves. And so what's interesting is we can get super analytical about a widget. And the widget is just a foundational asset and it's not going to change your life. I, yeah. I think Robert Kiyosaki said it best, savers are losers. Saving yeah. your money, whether it's in the market, whether it's in life insurance, whether it's in X, Y, or Z, is most likely you're not going to do much for you in the future when you look at inflation, when you look at the distribution strategies, when you just look at the actual rate of savings. Mm -hmm. It's just almost impossible to save your way out, out of something. So we got to take a step back and say, like, how do we take money? How do we use this leverage and do something in a powerful way, get money to do more than one thing, actually look at the banks and Wall Street and do what they're doing instead of doing what they're telling us to do. So mm -hmm. it's it's interesting to me. Um, and and so like, it's it's again, you want to you want to make sure that the basics and the product is right. Don't get me wrong. Totally. But, but I think it's so easy to focus on the wrong metric. And, and if you do a strategy like this, you've got to work with somebody that can be in the trenches with you and help coach you and how you think. And, and that's worth its weight in gold. So just anything that you want to add to that before we go into more general money concepts, um, because I, I think I just really appreciate this dialogue. A lot of people that come on my show, we don't talk about this. But since totally. you guys are so open about infinite banking, life insurance on your channel, like I, I thought this would be a really great dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Thank you, Caleb, because we feel like we're just constantly um, just preaching the, the same the thing. So thank you for saying it. Uh, that's the, the biggest thing that we at least try to communicate on our channel is we got the policy. We got you when it comes to the policy. We know how this thing is going to work or we're going to build it to match your financial goals. But you got to tell us what's going to happen on this external road that you're going to go down. Because if you don't have the clear vision that you want for yourself and for your family and how that's going to tie into your finances, you you're doing us a disservice because we're trying to help you make this uh, policy, make this banking system, whatever it is that you want to call it, the, the best asset that it can be for you. Mm -hmm. And you say it yourself, you know, you are your best asset. So if anything, what we're trying to do with the Wealth Nation channel is continue to pump that knowledge into our, our subscribers and let them know that it starts with them. 
And once you take the time to invest in yourself, invest in your mindset and, you know, whatever that that spiritual connection is for, for, for you and your family, then that's going to affect how well you're going to do when it comes to your finances. Yeah, I think I think the banks have the best blueprint for this because they have a closed loop system. True. And the more we can train our clients to go around that circle, that closed loop system, the more money you'll make because you're able to basically manufacture compound interest. And when I say manufacture compound interest is you're able to earn a profit and then you can reuse that profit to make more money. Mm -hmm. And what the, the banks are so good at is, you know, they pay us a small percentage a small amount of interest on our deposits that go in, mm -hmm. but they get to keep the profit and reuse those profits to make more money. Mm -hmm. So if we are able to create a similar system on our own scale, then the sky's the limit on what we can create. And, you know, thinking about it as far as just money, I think it's thinking kind of small-minded because money doesn't have value until you use it. So you give it value. And there's, there's a reason, you know, people say there's free money out there. Why, why should I, you know, borrow, not borrow, borrow money from the bank or borrow money from myself because it's free money. If the money is free, then that means it doesn't have any value. So it's kind of like a contra contradiction, you know, right. it's, it's all about what you do with the, that system and those funds. The, yep. the re that's the reason why the why is so important. Yeah. And and then lastly, to, to that point, the other thing that I'll say, when we have individuals who are getting so caught up in policy design, we always refer back to becoming your own banker with Nelson Nash. How much in that book did he talk about policy design versus the application of it? Mm -hmm. So you can talk about stealing the peas. You can talk about the volume of interest that he's always talking about that we need to get back. We can talk about the business owner that he listened, list, lists in the book and talks about how he buys cars with, with that and how that's going to affect the overall growth of the policies. Again, it's all about the application. It's what you do with the money. Yeah. It's not about the money itself. Yeah. What the, the two things that I've, I'm honing in on is number one, think of the and asset as the key that unlocks other asset classes. And by the way, number one asset it unlocks your ability to show up powerfully. So that's mm -hmm. number one. It's like we if we see it more as a key. It's not an investment. It's not even the get rich quick deal. It's a foundational key that unlocks other things in our life. Like I think that would be aha moment for some people. Mm -hmm. Then also let's get people to our start articulating the outcome. What do you mm -hmm. actually want? Because I don't know about you, but some people are like, watch my videos or watch your videos and they're like, I, this will solve my problems. And I'm like, no, it won't. It will not solve your problems. It's not going to solve your marriage. It's not going to do all these things. It could be, it could help in a journey, mm -hmm. right? It's, it, but it's, it's, again, it is the key that unlocks things. It's the difference mm -hmm. between optimization and efficiency. And so a lot of good things I could talk to you guys forever. Uh, so I appreciate, appreciate that. Let's, let's transition to more money topics. Mm -hmm. And I will say when the first book that I read on money was the richest man in Babylon. And some of those core principles were like a game changer for me. Pay yourself first. First. Mm -hmm. You know, they even talked about using like investing your money and using leverage and all this stuff. But any, when you take a step back and you're going back to the basics, what are you talking about? Because I will say this, I have a ton of respect for Dave Ramsey and for what, how he's helping people and how he's encouraging people to pay off debt. And I think there's a lot of good there. So how can we be another voice to addressing people that really need help mm -hmm. at the same time, making sure that we can compound 
their abilities because I kind of feel like Dave Ramsey can get you to a place and then you have to say, please forget everything you know <laughs> and then let me teach you. But it's it's yeah. kind of like, okay, like, and so how do you guys go about like money 101? Mm. I, for me, I think it's another thing of just knowing where you are at the time and where you want to go. The more we can uh, basically create a budget and see where we are, the, the more we can understand exactly what our problems are, where our biggest opportunities lie. Yeah. And seeing it is key to not only starting your system, but also maintaining your system. Because when we think about our nine to fives, when we go to work, I know every week we sat inside of a budget meeting. When, when I was an engineer, we sat inside of a budget meeting. Why not do the same thing at your house? You know, even if you don't have a uh, budget on a paper, the fact that you sit down and you, you're intentionally talking about the money coming in and going out of your home will go a long way. And you being able to articulate to someone how they can best help you, mm -hmm. how they can serve you, and how you can even help yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think too, for me, that the book that really gave me the biggest aha moment and, and knowing how to communicate to individuals was uh, The Millionaire Mindset because I didn't know anything about mindset or even how it related to or correlated with money. Mm -hmm. You don't think about this from a psychological standpoint and how this can truly affect the transactions that you make. And so for, for us, when we talk about money 101, mindset is very much ingrained in that because we recognize that, what did your parents tell you when you grew up? What did you hear your parents talking about? What did you see? A lot of those things really affect the way you make money and you don't even know it. And so when, you know, you, you grew up hearing like, sorry, we can't afford that baby or um, maybe another day or my rainy day fund and what was me when, when you grow up hearing those things, it, it does something to you. And you, we have to make sure that we're helping individuals who, who come our way clear some of that, that, that baggage. So some, some of that, that those nuances that they learned as, as children and adolescents, we have to clear that so that we can start from a clean slate. Yeah. Well, you know, when you were, when Carmen was mentioning T. Harv Ecker, um, uh, the million, what is it? Millionaire Mindset. The million, millionaire Mindset. One thing I don't think we've ever shared with anyone was the fact that when we first moved to Arizona, I was intentional about being surrounded by like-minded individuals who have businesses and want to achieve something more because I know that, you know, you are the sum of the people you hang around mm -hmm. the most. Mm -hmm. And I came upon this meetup that was led by Jeff Fagan, who was, it was called a 2% club. And he grew up with T. Harbecker. And he was basically one of the coaches in his company for, for years, you know, until he sold it. And we would go over that book every single week, mm -hmm. like from page to page to page. And the conversation wasn't about money, it was about mindset. Mm -hmm. I had the honor of interviewing Dr. Bill Danko, Millionaire Next Door. Yes, and yes. he in his book talks about how people spend more time buying cars, like researching a car purchase, than they than they do for retirement. Absolutely, yeah. it's like why are you even working to begin with? Like mm -hmm. this, like money impacts and touches every person's life. I don't care what your political beliefs are. I don't care what your religious beliefs are. Money is is the the blood of the economy that keeps this thing going. Actually, it's cash flow. Okay, absolutely. So, so it's like. And yet universities aren't having good conversations. Schools aren't having good conversations. 
people are ignorant, people are spending more time on uh, on vacation planning than they are actually the money coming in. I love that you said that, by the way, money coming in, what's going out, what are the opportunities? And if all we could do is just take a step back and say, like, let's talk less about the tactics and just create space in your life mm -hmm. to be intentional, mm -hmm. like that would be that would be a game changer. But in, intentional living is not something that we love to do in America either. No. So it's it's one of those things that if you are watching this uh, on YouTube or if you're listening to this, take note to the intentionality that the mm -hmm. Brit family or the Brit family uh, did as it relates to really making sure that they could be set free. Totally. This didn't happen on accident. No, no. And I would even say some things that you can actually take and do today. Darius said it spot on. The the TV that we watch, the, the radio channels that we listen to, there's a reason why it's called a program. There's programming behind it. Just think about that. There's layers wow. into that. And what we really need to under, what, what we started doing is when we were in the car, we turned the radio off. Yep. We stopped watching less and less TV. We started to have more and more conversations. What do you think about this? How does this make you feel? What happened today? Just the fact that we had conversations and weren't fed information, we just, it started to really get the, the wheels turning and made us think, well, why, why do you think that is? Why do you think the economy is the way it is? Well, I don't know. And then we, we started doing our own research and, and just those small little nuances that we started introducing into our lives, we recognized that we do have control contrary to what you believe, we have control to take over our lives so that we can own our own lifestyle, what we always talk about on our channel, and not let someone else dictate what it is that, that we should be, be, do, and have. Yeah. If you guys could control a billboard that everyone saw tomorrow, what would that billboard say? You have amazing questions. Yeah. Just do it. But I... Nike said it the best. Just do it. Suck yeah. it up and do it. And and then there's a book title. Uh, start with your why. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Start start with why you want to yeah. have a specific lifestyle or accomplish the things you want to accomplish, and you realize that money isn't your why. That's right. Money is just the fuel to help you get to mm. your why. Mm. Yeah. If if money wasn't an object, what would you be doing, and yeah. what would your lifestyle be yeah. like? It's, it's funny. We ask all of our clients that question and we, we talk about an ROR, what we call ROR statement. And, and the reason why we call it ROR statement is what does Wall Street say ROR is? Rate of return. This metric is supposed to determine what you do with your money. And what we try to do is say, okay, ROR stands for return on result, i.e. <sighs> the why behind the why. Why do you even want to do this? What outcome do you want? If money wasn't an issue, what would you be doing with your life? Let's get, let's get that. Let's get that in a statement. And then is it not true? Like, tell me if I'm wrong here. Is it not true that that should be the metric that we measure everything off of? 100%. Absolutely. Not, not an illustration, not a rate of return, not because all those things should be aligned with helping you get this thing. Totally. And so totally. it's like, again, I, and there's, I'm excited to do more content. I have another book in me that's going to be talking about that same concept because I feel like everything that we're doing in money and finance is backwards mm. because we're letting other people determine the metrics that we, that we're spending our whole life at. Like, this is not, this is not just something that you like, this is not just like a, a semester loss. Like these peoples <laughs> are putting their lives, they're spending their whole entire life chasing lies. And this is nothing to do with a product. It's not even anything to do with the process. It has everything to do with the mindset. And so mm -hmm. I just, I just appreciate the work that you guys are doing and like, keep, keep it up. 
you guys are helping so many people. We, we, when we first met, we were like, we, we need to continue to be consistent mm -hmm. because who knows there's somebody watching this or there's someone that's stumbled upon your YouTube channel or stumbled upon my YouTube channel that, that is going to get it. And that's, yeah. what's so powerful about technology. Anything that you want to share as we wrap up about YouTube, about what you guys are up to, I have a couple other questions that I like to wrap up, but I, I want to just make sure that I'm giving you guys a space to articulate or share something about money, about business that you would want to. Uh, one, one thing I want to add is when we understood that everything we were taught financially was backwards, when we compare it to how the banks look at money, like we think of our deposits as an asset when the banks look at it as a liability. We think loans are liabilities when the banks look at it as assets. Do you think that is the only thing that we were taught that was backwards? Yeah. Oh, that oh. is literally just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah, we, we have gone down rabbit holes of every avenue of our life, not only from a financial standpoint, but from a health and wellness standpoint, from, you know, spirituality, whatever it is. And we recognize ownership is the key to all of this. We, we've been so dependent on, you know, what, what our neighbor thinks, what our parents think, what our friends and family think, and we don't take ownership of our own lives. And so for, for us, I think that the main thing, the sentiment that we want to communicate is you need to make sure that you take ownership of your life in every avenue. So not only just from a financial standpoint, there are some things that are backwards. You need to make sure you're taking care of your health. This all relates, you know, in one of your podcasts, you're talking about when, when you're uninsurable, what are you going to do? The insurance company doesn't even want to take the risk on you. So you have failed essentially to take ownership of that avenue of your life when yes. someone doesn't even want to insure you because you're too risky, which is then going to affect finances. Yeah. You're probably going to spend a ton of money in healthcare to try to improve your finances, whatever it is. So uh, what I would say, again, just to, to second everything that you said, Caleb, I think what we continue to think about and what keeps us up at night is recognizing that we have total control and we aren't even at the peak of what we know that we can possibly do for ourselves and for our family. And we just continue to need to dream. Uh, you know, we, we write checks to ourselves. We actually have a check on the other side of the, this laptop, the, uh, the, the, the amount of money that we're gonna make this year. Uh, we have a board on our wall right here with the goals that we're trying to set up for ourselves. Like you have complete control of chasing whatever it is that you want to do. You just have to go do it. And we have a vision board on our wall because mm -hmm. visually having clarity on what you want to accomplish is, I think, most of the game, yeah. having clarity because you'll figure yeah. out the how is understanding where you want to go. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to ask a personal question. So I'm assuming you guys have read Think and Grow Rich or familiar with Napoleon okay. Hill. Okay. Oh, yes. So in his, in his book, um, and I'm not giving an endorsement on all of his philosophies, but I do think he's written some, I've, I've gained a lot from his writings. He talks about the six fears, talks mm. about, you know, fear of poverty, fear of criticism, fear of relationship, fear of, you know, death, uh, the fear of, and I, I'm missing some, I'm, uh, but is there, what did, what, what did fears did you have to deep down address before, like, before you guys really saw growth? I, I think acknowledging it was huge because as a human being, we're hardwired to survive. And the way we handle every situation that comes to us, our natural thought subconsciously is how do we survive? So when you talk about those fears, those are fears based on survival, yeah. right? 
So if we can understand that, then we can make decisions differently because we are aware that our subconscious mind is the one that's basically making all of the decisions. Mm -hmm. So once we understood the importance of our subconscious mind, we wanted to figure out a way of how do we train that subconscious mind so that it's not based on fear, but based on uh, abundance and growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, any of the fears. I'd say the one that stuck out for me personally was death. And the, the fear of death for me was, was crippling at times. And what I recognized for myself was because I wasn't living up to my full potential. I knew that I had uh, amazing abilities in me, but I wasn't chasing my dreams. I, I knew that I could do something to impact millions of people on this earth, but I wasn't doing it. And so fear of death crippled me because I recognized that I wasn't chasing my dreams. I wasn't living up to my full potential. And that scared the crap out of me to leave this earth and not have impacted as many people as I know that I can. And now that we've stepped into our our genius zones and our, and with the power of technology, thank you, YouTube, (laughs) uh, where we're able to impact the lives of others just by using their cell phones and their, and their laptops. Uh, I am more at peace with, with death because I recognize that I'm doing everything that I possibly can. Yeah, f- fear is a, a basically a built-in algorithm that we have. And what we can do is once we're aware of that algorithm, we can focus on reprogramming it. Yeah, and, and recognizing that fear is fake. That's another billboard thing. Fear is fake because it's just the, the BS that you make up in your mind. Mm-hmm. Right. What I think that I, there's a quote that reads, hell is dying and meeting meeting the person that you could have become (laughs) and 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 them being a stranger something i butchered that but it's like it's it it definitely gets you to think one life there was the when i was getting started in business i was afraid i was afraid of criticism i was afraid of failing i was afraid of writing a book on money and losing everything like i just there's some things that i had to address but i ultimately know that like we're all going to be dead someday Mm -hmm. in the future some Mm -hmm. sooner than later and it's like, what do, what do we have to worry about? And it's like, regret is something that I, I refuse to live with. And I, I can tell that you guys are doing the same. You guys are living very freely and it's, and it's how you show up. And I just, I'm, again, I know that this, this is going to impact so many people because of the authenticity that you guys are sharing. And so thank you. Um, as we wrap up, you guys, I number one, want to thank like you for your time. How can people plug into your YouTube channel, what you're doing. And then what I want to do is end with what we do, what we call the legacy question. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you, Caleb. It was our pleasure, our honor. Again, we're just so uh, grateful for the ability to share. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you all want to follow us, you can check us out on YouTube. Uh, Just type in Wealth Nation or youtube.com forward slash Wealth Nation. You can also look at our website, wealthnation.io. We have a membership community where you can join Darius and I. We have uh, live calls. We have a premium membership out there. So if you want to just continue to follow the the Wealth Nation gang and own your own lifestyle, we would, uh, it would be a pleasure to serve amazing um all right so this is your last day on earth you are with the people that you love the most which i know that you guys are proud parents congratulations thank you and you could pass one last conversation down to the people that you love the most what what would that conversation consist of my conversation would be uh find your gift your God-given gift, and find a way to reach as many people as you can with that gift. Additionally, it would be followed up with, you better keep the money moving. 
yeah. <laughs> because my great, great, great grandchildren better be able to affect legislation in this country because of the wealth that our family has. Uh, for me, mine would be centered around the value that I was able to add to this world is going to be different than the value that you can add. But the yeah. most important thing I want you to focus on is adding value to the people around you and figure a way to add as much value as you possibly can because there's so many different avenues and vehicles where that is people are doing the opposite where they're uh, taking away. I want you to be a, a positive energy and add value to people by any means necessary. You guys are incredible. Uh, I would encourage everybody to check out their YouTube channel, Wealth Nation. Guys, thank you for the work that you're doing. And thank you for showing up so powerfully. Thank you. Thank you. Can thank we you. give you an amazing plug, sir? Because sure. you've been shouting us out we, and we love you. But I have to say, Caleb, you sent us your book, right? And we read hundreds of financial books every single year. But your book seamlessly, I feel like just captured what it is that we are always trying to say in such a simplistic fashion. Mm -hmm. There was no ego in this book. I feel like a lot of times uh, financial planners, advisors, coaches, whatever you want to call them, write books for themselves mm -hmm. because they put a whole bunch of jargon in there that nobody understands. You're speaking over people's head, but I really felt like you came from a place of, we need to sit down and just have basic conversation of money. And every time I was just reading page after page, I have so many notes in here. I have a whole like page that I flap down. I'm like, yep, we got to take this and, and figure out how to regurgitate that so we can share it. I mean, we're literally going to take your whole entire book and continue to infuse this information from different perspectives because we recognize that your voice is different from ours and you may connect uh, a message better than we can. So I just want to thank you so much for writing this book, for sharing your knowledge because it impacted our lives. We know this information, but you went off in this book. I, I kept telling Darius like five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, did you read page 78? Did you read page 38? Like, you got to go back and look at this because he said it in such a way where we've been struggling to communicate it and we just got that clarity that we needed to so that we can be better educators yeah your book is definitely going to be a requirement for our clients prior to us working together in our membership site yeah well thank you thank you thank you for so much for saying that it's an honor that you guys took time to actually read it there's not a lot of ego in it because i i there's nothing new under the sun i've had the pleasure of learning from almost every great thought leader in this space mm -hmm. and my dyslexia just came into like, hey, we got to take these smart people and dumb them down. <laughs> and so um, you have my 100% permission to take any concept. I would, it would bring me much joy to see YouTube videos based on those concepts. And so from thank you, and thank you. I'm excited for what's to come, you guys. Awesome. Thank you, Caleb. Awesome. Thank you again, just for the opportunity. We're just so grateful. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.